If you have your Bibles, I'd like to turn with me to Acts chapter 14 this morning. Certainly counted a privilege to be here today and trust He'd bless us in our study this morning. In Acts chapter 14, we we come to a place in the ministry of the Apostle Paul where he and Barnabas are preaching at Iconium. And uh, then he goes in uh, verse 8, they move on to the town of Lystra. Or there's a certain man, start in verse 8, and there was a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lycaonia, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. Then the priests of Jupiter, which were was before their city, brought oxen and garlands under the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people, which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out and saying, Sirs, we do, why do ye these things? We also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth, the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffereth all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not witness, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our heart with fruit, food and gladness. And with these things scarce restrained they the people that they had not done sacrifice unto them. Um, here in this, this passage, uh, I want to focus in on verse 17 this morning, where Paul said, Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, and that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And above that, he he mentioned about God who created, verse 15, which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all things that are therein. I want to drop over to Nehemiah chapter 9. And just to compare a verse here for a moment, Nehemiah chapter 9, <coughs> because in Nehemiah 9, 6, he's going to make mention of God that created all things. And we'll just read what it says in Nehemiah 9. And I think we'll see some similarity here <coughs> with what was said in Acts 14. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6, <coughs> says, Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all things that are therein, the sea and all that therein, that is therein. That's very similar to what he said in verse 15, in verse uh, 
15 about God which made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all things that are therein. Right? And, but he continues on in verse 6 of Nehemiah 9. And he says, not only did God create all these things, he says, and all that therein, and thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worshipeth thee. Here we find that he is saying that God made all things, and he preserves all things. In other words, he is sustaining his creation. Alright? And so, God, who created all things, is sustaining all things. And the way he tells the people here at uh, Lystra is that God created all things. And he is reminding them in verse 17 that God's preserving or sustaining all things, including the people, by giving them rain from heaven and giving them fruitful seasons where they'll have harvest and they have something to eat. So God is doing all those things. He is giving rain. And I want to focus a little bit on the rain uh, today. We're kind of... We kind of need rain, don't we? Right? And uh, we usually, uh, several months ago, I was speaking with some some folks, and they had the idea that, you know, God sends rain, and how is it that God sends rain? And the idea was presented, you know, there's a scripture over here in, uh, we can go to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter uh, 5, verse 40. Five, um, he's he's telling them in verse forty four to love your enemies, bless them which curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his sun to rise on the evil and on the good, all right, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Well, it doesn't take very long to understand that. The Bible says God is the one that sends rain. He'll send rain on the just and the unjust. Uh, he makes His sun to rise on the just and the unjust. Um, but several months ago, it, uh, in this conversation, it was the idea was clearly presented that the way that God uh, sends rain is that He's really not He's really not actively sending rain. He just set up the atmospheric conditions and the laws of nature to bring forth rain on the earth and that's how God's sending rain so if the right conditions exist then it rains and God set it all up that way put all these atmospheric laws and 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 things in place and that's simply how God is sending the rain and so uh, of course I took exception to that because that's not how it is. He certainly did make the laws of nature, but God is very active in sending rain. Don't we pray for rain? Why do we pray if God's not really active in sending the rain and He just, you know, it's just like a chance of getting rain and because He set these laws up and they're, they're doing their thing and He's off on vacation somewhere. Uh, if that's the way it is, why would we pray to God for rain? I'll show you in the Bible that uh, God is very uh, uh, involved in sending the rain. That's why we pray to God for rain. 
And he's also involved in feeding us. And maybe we'll get to that. Maybe we won't have time. Um, but God's very involved in sending rain when he sends it on the just and the unjust. God is involved in doing that. We find over in uh, James, talks about that Elijah was a man of like passions at you and I, but he, ra- he prayed that it might not rain upon the earth and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed again and it did rain. Sounds like to me that uh, uh, God is controlling the rain and you pray to the Lord for rain and He may give you rain and you may have not because you ask not. God is certainly in control of the rain. Alright? Let's just look in... Uh, as a matter of fact, we mentioned prayer. <clears throat> let's, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 8. <clears throat> 1 Kings chapter 8. At the dedication of Solomon's temple, Solomon is, is speaking. He's he's uh, he's he's praying to the Lord actually, and he's he is uh, praying the Lord's blessing upon Israel, the people of God. And uh, in verse thirty-three, he says, "When thy people Israel be smitten down before the enemy, because they have sinned against thee, and shall turn again to thee and confess thy name." And pray and make supplication unto thee in this house. Then hear thou in heaven and forgive the sin of thy people and bring them again into the land which thou hast given unto their father. Alright? So that means when, you know, if we sin against you and you in judgment send us into captivity with this other nation, we pray unto you, deliver us out. Right? Alright? So he, so let's look in verse, and that's just, uh, I'm just, I'm just setting you up for the next verse. Alright? Verse 35, he says, <laughs> When the heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against thee. Uh-oh. Sounds like sometimes there's rain withheld because of sin. Right? Doesn't sound like to me, I mean, doesn't sound like to me that things are, the laws of nature are just set out there and somehow it's either going to rain or not rain according to the dictates of the laws of nature and God's just away on vacation or gone and just letting things wind out as They do by chance? No. God's very involved in sending rain, and He can also withhold rain. Alright? And He says, When heaven is shut up and there is no rain, because they have sinned against thee. That's the reason that there's no rain. He says, When there's no rain because we've sinned against you and you've withheld the rain. He says, If they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin when thou afflictest them, then hear thou in heaven and forgive the sin of thy servants and of thy people Israel that thou teach, that thou teach them the good way wherein they should walk and give rain upon the land which thou hast given to thy people for an inheritance. He just said, if we repent and turn, then give us the rain. Give us the rain. If we pray, there's a reason that we pray for rain because God's in the in charge of giving rain. He gives it to the just and the unjust, and He also can withhold it because of sin. We look in. Uh, there's actually um, some reasons 
Let's turn to, uh, go with me to Job chapter 37. <coughs> Job 37. In Job 37, <coughs> let's just read a few verses. We're, we're, we're looking at God and what has been on my mind for last several weeks is how that God is so intimately active in creation. He uphold, He holds our soul in life. He sustains us. He gives us food to eat. We could go over to the, in the Sermon on the Mount where He says He feeds the sparrows. He clothes the fields. We shouldn't be overly concerned and anxious about you know, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Because God is going to provide. He knows we need those things. He's going to provide for those things. But God is very intimately active as He superintends this, His creation. And He preserves all things. Let's just read a few things about the things God does as far as, as, uh, uh, nature and, and specifically in this text, precipitation upon the earth. Um, <clears throat> This also, uh, let's start in verse 1. At this also my heart trembleth and is moved out of his place. We're in Job 37, verse 2. Hear attentively the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directeth it unto the whole light and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it a voice roareth. He thundereth with the voice of his excellency. He will not stay them when his voice is heard. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he, which he can not comprehend. You, are you afraid of lightning and thunder? Some people are deathly afraid. Well, just remember, God's just speaking a little bit. He's giving you a light show. Okay? He's the same one that's loved you with an everlasting love and promised to always be with you and take care of you. Uh, he, he's sending some rain upon the earth. Don't get, uh, upset. Don't get, uh, you know, don't be anxious. Just consider, wow, look at the light show God's putting on and listen to his voice roar. All right. He goes on, he says, uh, verse six, he says, for he saith to the snow, be thou on earth. Do you know why it snows? Cause he says, be thou on earth. God brings the snows. If he saith to the snow, be thou on earth, likewise to the small rain and to the great rain of his strength. Sometimes it's a little sprinkle. Sometimes it's a downpour, right? It's a great rain. He sealeth up the hand of every man that all men may know his works. <clears throat> then the beasts go into the dens and remain in their places. Out of the south cometh the whirlwind, the cold out of the north. By the breath of God, frost is given. And the breadth of the waters is straightened. Also by watering, he wearieth the thick cloud. He scattereth his bright cloud. Who's doing all this? God is doing all this. It, he's very active, you see. He says, and it is turned around about his counsels, that they may do, and the they is the clouds, that they may do whatsoever he commandeth them upon the face of the world in the earth. Do you know what he just said right there? The clouds are going to do God's bidding. 
Are you stirring them around? And they're there to do whatever he commands. Now keep reading. He says, he causeth it to come, whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. Here he just gave us three reasons why God sends rain upon the earth. Or how, why he does not send rain, but he's got his clouds there. Uh, yeah, unsending rain. All right. It says it can be for correction. And I guarantee you the laws of nature is not, they are not a, a, a being that dictates, okay, that which shall be all on its own. And they're not going to be dictating whether it rains on this piece or that piece, uh, because of different reasons. You see, see, there's some reasons that we have here that's behind God stirring up the clouds because when God, when it rains, God's meaning for it to rain. And when it's not raining, he's meaning for it not to rain. All right. Well, what are some of the reasons? He gives three reasons here. He says he it's turned around by his counsels, verse 12, that they may do whatsoever he commandeth them upon the face of the world in the earth. He causeth it to come. Why? Whether for correction, that is like a rod of correction. All right. What did we just read in First uh, Kings eight thirty five? Solomon says that if the rain is withheld because we've sinned, see, God can God can uh, I mean he he can limit it, or I guess he could cause a flood, you know, also destroy the crops because of sin. He could do that, but he says it comes because of correction, all right, or for his land. Or for mercy. Sometimes God will bring the, you know, his, you know, the, the land needs it. The, see, you, you gotta remember God's feeding the sparrow. He's feeding the, the, the oxen. He's feeding the deer and all the little bunny rabbits out in the wilderness, out in the field, right? He's gonna send, you can't live without water. So he's gonna bring it for the land's sake, you see. Um, if we turn the chapter in Job, uh, Job chapter 38, um, verse 25 says, who hath divided the water course for the overflowing of the waters or the way of the lightning of thunder to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is on the wilderness and wherein there is no man. To satisfy the desolate and waste ground. See, sometimes God just does it because the earth's drying up. Uh, it says to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. He does it for the land. The land needs it and he's, he's, he's watering the land. All right. It can come for correction. It can come for the land. It can also come for mercy. Uh, we all need, you know, not just out in the wilderness where no man is, but he's merciful unto us. We need the water too. It's a merciful thing that God would send us the rain that we need. Alright? And, uh, let's go to Amos. Let's go to Amos chapter 4. And you know where Amos is. That's one of those little books there. The minor prophets they call them. You got, uh, what, Hosea, Joel, Amos. It's like the third one in, I think. <coughs> Uh, 
Hosea, Joel, Amos. Start reading. We mentioned a while ago that God can withhold the rain because of judgment. And that's what he's dealing with in Hosea chapter 4. All right. Uh, start reading in verse 6. It says, I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and want of bread in all your places. Yet ye have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Do you know what it means when God says, and this is a, this is found several places in the Bible. I'm going to give them cleanness of teeth. You know what that means, right? You don't have anything to eat. Uh, if you have cleanness of teeth, you know, if God is, uh, <clears throat> is judging a people where they don't have anything to eat, you don't really need to floss your teeth because you don't have any food stuck in them, right? That's what he means. I'm going to give you cleanness of teeth, all right? And want of bread in all your places, all right? That's judgment. Verse 7, though, is what I want. He says, and also I have withholden the rain from you. When there was yet three months to the harvest, and I caused it to rain upon one city, and caused it not to rain upon another city. One place was rained upon, and the, and the peace whereupon it rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered unto one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied, yet have they not returned unto me, saith the Lord. So here's a judgment. Uh, this is, God can withhold the rain, because of correction. But it's very interesting. He can cause it to rain on one piece and not the other. Uh, you know, nothing's too hard of the Lord. You see, God is, yeah, He's got laws and atmospheric conditions and all those things. That, some, that sometimes the weatherman can make a good prediction. Sometimes they always keep having to change those, right? It's not exactly a exact science, is it? Uh, two plus two is four. That's not really gonna change. <clears throat> but weatherman, the, you know, they look at conditions and the humidity and the temperature and the highs and the lows and they, 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 they observe patterns of how God brings the rain, but they usually have to change things a lot of times, right? God's in charge of the rain. <clears throat> let's go to, let's go to uh, Psalms 147. Verse 7 says, Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God, who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. Oh, not only is God making it rain, the grass doesn't just grow on its own without the Lord. He's preserving all things. How do you think it is He's providing Food and grain for the birds of the air. He feeds them, right? He causes rain. He brings the rain and he causes the grass to grow. You say, well, I thought, you know, you can study plants and botany and all that. You can see these laws of nature of why it grows and all that. Oh, that's all right. That's true. God uses those things, but God is an active now in making grass to grow. That's is what it says, right? Just like he covereth the heavens with clouds, he prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. He giveth, he, he giveth to the beast 
his food and to the young ravens which cry. All right, go we mentioned, let's go let's just go over there. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. He says in verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than the meat, and the body uh, than raiment? Alright? And what he's telling you there is to... Uh, don't... He's telling you, don't be over anxious about all these things. He's not telling you not to make any preparation at all. I mean, uh, <clears throat> well, I'm about, about out of time here. Uh, I'm going, uh, you go hiking up, you know, <clears throat> out in the wilderness and so on. You don't take water. You don't take, think to take any water. You're not very smart. You're supposed to think about certain things, but he's saying don't be over-anxious. I don't want to get bogged down here. But he's telling you don't be over-anxious and worrying about what you're going to eat and drink because God is going to provide for you. All right. He says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? And you keep on going down. Uh, God knows, verse 31, Therefore take no thought, saying what you shall eat or what you shall drink, or whether, whether shall you be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Alright? So he's, he's saying don't be anxious. But God feeds the fowls of the air, and He feeds us too. But now I go back over here to let me finish up here in in Matthew uh, Psalms 147. He giveth bread, verse nine. He giveth bread to his uh, he giveth to the beasts his food and the young ravens which cry. Look in verse sixteen. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. He casteth forth his eyes like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sendeth out the wind and melteth them. He causeth his wind to blow and the waters flow. Alright. We're at the, we're at the mercy of God for him to show mercy and send us rain. Um, we should pray to the Lord for rain. Will we need rain? Anyway, that's not what I have on my mind today. Uh, just remember, God created all things. He preserved. This is just a small portion. Talk about rain and moisture that He comes upon the earth, causing the grass to grow. He gives snow. All these things. May the Lord bless us to always look to Him for the things we stand in need of, even the rain. May God bless you, my friend.